Welcome to Brave, Bold, Brilliant. Your host, Jeanette Linfoot, talks to incredible people about their experiences and unleashing their full potential. From the boardroom tables of big international business to the dining room tables of entrepreneurial startups, embracing opportunities, overcoming challenges, taking risks, while staying true to yourself is where the magic happens. Hi, it's Jeanette here. If you're enjoying Brave, Bold, Brilliant, I'd love it if you'd subscribe, share with your friends and leave a five-star review. Let's do it. Here's the show. So welcome to the Brave, Bold, Brilliant podcast. I am here today with an incredible lady, Ellie Mackay, who is not only an incredible property investor, but she's also a multiple business owner, entrepreneur. And if that wasn't enough, she is also the host of the On A Mission podcast. Welcome, Ellie. Oh, thank you for having me to Jeanette. Uh, really looking forward to it. <laughs> excellent excellent no it's going to be fun actually and then um, i mean ellie you and i have met through property and rob mm. moore and progressive and all those kind of people but i feel like i know you better than i probably do actually just from all of the contacts through social media and what have you but um it would be great if you wouldn't mind kicking off with just a bit of a canter through kind of your background where life started for you where you are now and then we're going to go from there Brilliant. Um, yeah, well, what a lot of people don't actually know is um, my husband, Mark, and I started investing property back in 2006. Um, we were in our early 20s, Jeanette, and we were full of the um, entrepreneurial spirit, shall we say. So we did what any young budding entrepreneurs do, and we Googled get rich quick. That's, that is a true story. So you won't be surprised to know that it went terribly wrong. Um, we bought our first off-plan property development for £125,000. And when it was finished, it was due to be worth one hundred and ninety-five. dollars But of course, things never pan out like that. And um, long story short, the development got flooded. The build was severely delayed. And four years later, when it was finally finished, we were smack bang in the middle of a global recession. So the property that was meant to be worth 195 was suddenly worth £60,000. So it was a disaster. And um, yeah, it's amazing what you can achieve when your back's against the wall. Uh, we were in a situation where we had to come up with, um, I think it was about £45,000 within a six-week window. Um, I was earning about twenty-two grand a year at the time. It was the most stressful thing um, I've ever encountered. But, but somehow we managed to do it. Um, it did take its toll on on its on my mental health at the time, and um, I've got to be honest and say I just became very risk averse after that. I was uh, quite happy to retreat to the nine to five, and um, yeah, just know what I was getting paid, when I was getting paid, without any of the aggravation. Um, it wasn't really till years later that I was watching my husband, who went on to set up his electrical business. Now I've seen the way he kind of leapt out of bed on a Monday morning, and. That was just an alien concept for me because my alarm clock went off and I just think, oh, for God's sake, you know, here we go again. So to see that kind of enthusiasm was just really strange. And I could never understand when he was happy to get the laptop out in the evening. Um, this is long before we had kids, but he'd be happy to, to, to do a bit of work. And I'm just sat here watching The Real Housewives of wherever. And I, I thought he was absolutely crazy. Um, so, yeah, quite a few things kind of happened in the meantime. In 2016, we nearly lost our electrical business. A uh, big construction company went under owing us a significant amount of money. And 
it literally came down to the wire whether or not we could keep trading. So we, we certainly had our challenges, but through a few random sequence of events, um, we ended up getting back into property in 2018. I'd actually, um, whilst I was on maternity leave, my second consecutive maternity leave, which is a story in its own right, um, I, I kind of got a phone call, but I say I kind of got, I, I got a phone call to tell me I was being made redundant. And it, it just, I remember it just felt like we were in free fall at that point. But actually, the redundancy money is what we used to get ourselves educated. We used every last penny, put it into our property education. And within four days of finishing the training, we'd bought two properties and we just never looked back. Wow, brilliant. Oh, my God. And where did, where were you born then, um, Ellie? Because obviously that, you know, your accent's quite a strong accent. But um, yeah, where did life start for you if you go back to sort of early years of childhood and what have you? Well, I was randomly born in Blackpool, Vic, because my, my grandparents lived in uh, Lytham St. Anne's, which is, is not far from there. But, but I, um, yeah, I was brought up in Scotland. I was brought up in a place called Linlithgow. And then when I was 19, I was actually in, um, you know, I mentioned I was on 22 grand a year when the, the, the shit hit the fan. Um, forgive my language, but I can't, I can't think of a better way to phrase it. But prior to that, I'd actually been in quite a high performance job. I worked within sales. Um, in my heyday, I, I think I was responsible for, for over 100 staff. And when I was 19, I had a bit of a fallout with my boss. Um, to put it mildly, and I ended up relocating to Doncaster. I, I got a promotion. Um, I put my notice in. My divisional manager rang me up and offered me um, the Yorkshire region for the... Um, it was a double glazing firm that I worked with at the time. So I moved to Doncaster with about a week's notice. And, um, yeah, I've ended up meeting Mark and, and the three kids, and I kind of class this as home now. Oh, wow, gosh, yeah. <laughs> and you've still got family back in back in Scotland or or not so much? No, my mum and dad are divorced. My mum actually moved back to um, to live in St. Anne's. And um, just last year, my dad actually, um, he moved to Doncaster to be a bit closer to the grandkids and things like that as well. So, so that's pretty much all my ties to Scotland gone now. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's interesting, isn't it? How like, you know, all those years and the, and the accent as well, you, you naturally assume that you've got like a big heritage there and all the families there and, you know, generations. But no, you're Doncaster through and through now. I am. And, and it, you know, it's interesting because both my parents are English. They have the English accent. So growing up, I was always a bit of a misfit because you guys all think I, found, well, I sound really broad Scottish. But whenever I'm in Scotland, I used to just get the piss taken out of me for sounding English. So I, 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 I was in no man's land. <laughs> yeah, that sounds familiar. After all my years in uh, in London, everyone thought I was really northern. And when I come back up here, everyone thinks I'm really posh, which obviously, yeah. I, obviously I'm not. But anyway... <laughs> Enough about that. So so let's talk about the, I mean, obviously there was quite a few bumps in the road then, Ellie, wasn't there? Which is, as well, to put it mildly, you've you've had to bounce back a few times. Yeah. So so talk about that and, and kind of how you've coped with, you know, dealing with those challenging times and sort of, because I think a lot of people, they, they see the outward success, don't they? They see, you know, maybe you on social media with a great podcast and the property business and, you know, think, oh, everything's wonderful for you guys it's all so easy but of course it's not because people don't know what's gone on behind the scenes so just talk a little bit about dealing with those setbacks because I think a lot of people don't see the reality actually of, of property life or business life 
Yeah, and, and it's not a past tense, you know, it, it's very current tense. And I, I feel almost like a moral obligation to, to show the, the true picture of what it's like, because it's true. We do look like swans just gliding along, but I can absolutely assure the listeners that that is just not the case. There's a lot of frantic peddling going on constantly behind the scenes. But, you know, the, there is a lot of um, sob stories. And, and, and unfortunately, we are living in a time where people... There is some unscrupulous people who exploit certain vulnerabilities, and that almost stopped me from sharing my own truth. But what I've kind of realised is by withholding my own personal journey, that is doing a disservice to the people that it can potentially impact. And as you know, Jeanette, like property is not my, my main passion. My main passion is talking about the mindset, talking about the journey. Because when I did start posting some of this stuff, posting my authentic self online, that was the thing that really gravitated towards people. And, and suddenly, I know I'm going off on a bit of a tangent, but what originally started was, was just a forum to raise um, private investment for property deals. It quickly became about so much more than that. And the reality is three years ago, I was struggling massively with postnatal depression or, or any blend of you know depression that you want to say really, because I've been on heavy medication for years and years and years. And that, that was my, my, my coping mechanism. And my anxiety was so bad that some days even leaving the house was a real challenge. So when people, the reason I share that is because when people look at me now, there is a tendency to say, well, it's all right for you. And, and it absolutely wasn't. And, and I still have challenges, but it, it's the way that you, you kind of deal with that. And one of the things that I realized very early on through, through the mentors and the coaches I surrounded myself with is that your business can only grow at the same extent that you do. And probably the most powerful thing I can, I can share with the listeners, and this might sound a bit woo-woo and a bit out there, but it's my experience. The more I've worked on myself, the, the, the more the business has, has actually thrived. And, you know, it, it certainly isn't without its challenges. We've got multiple businesses. I've got three young children. We've got two puppies. You know, it, it, it's, it's, no, um, it's not for the faint-hearted. It really isn't. This, this crazy life is not for everybody. But I'd like to think I can serve as a bit of an example for people, for normal people who have their struggles and challenges, that with the right focus, with the right attention, with the right mentors and networks and, and hard work and dedication, you can absolutely turn your life around because from going to the point where we put every last penny that we had into our property education, we've now got a portfolio that's that's worth over three million pounds. And we're, we're now starting to work on bigger multi-million pound developments. And I know people, by the way, that have absolutely eclipsed that. So I, I, I'm not alone in this, but property is such a powerful vehicle. But what's more powerful is, is just tapping into your own potential because I believe that we're all capable of so much more than we think we are. Yeah, God, 100%. That's incredible, um, Cher, Ellie. And, and actually just, you know, coming back to the mental health awareness and, you know, thankfully there is more discussion about mental health these days, you know, especially in the last few years. But you're right, you know, there's it, it, it's not still, it's still not really openly talked about. So I think for anyone that's had challenges, and we all have our moments, don't we? Even if you don't define it as a mental health issue, Everyone has their wobbles. Everyone has their gremlins. It's just to a, a larger or, or lesser degree. Um, but but when you were when you were in that place, then Ellie, when you were, 
you know, struggling, you were on the, you know, the prescription medication to kind of help. What, what was there a catalyst that kind of kickstarted you out of that phase? Was there something that happened or, uh, I don't know, just some, some revelation or was it just a gradual sort of improvement by continually working on yourself that, that kind of helped you? There was a few things. So the company that I went to do my property training with, the, the reason I kind of gravitated towards them was the, the talk on the mindset. I mean, anyone who knows me knows I'm not actually that operation and operational in our property business. And we now have quite an extensive team, but in the early days it was just Mark and I. But that that was never really that that was never really my my, my sort of cup of tea, if you like. My, my sort of skill sets are more around the relationship building. And I, I, I'm just talking to Jeanette. I'm just saying, I've literally forgot the question halfway through my answer. <laughs> so the question was around when you were in that sort of rip, quite dark place, yes. um, was there a moment or something that happened that kind of catapulted you out of it? Or was it just a, a gradual kind of self-development piece that helped you? Yeah, so, so one of the things was I went to, so, so the property education I did, there's a lot of focus around the mindset and suddenly I was getting around a different level of thinking because this personal development world, up until that point to me, it was just a load of happy, clappy, woo-woo bullshit, you know? I'm, I'm quite a, a straight-talking northern lass. That, that that was all, you know, a bit too American. It wasn't really for me. And then suddenly it was, it, you know, starting listening to people like Tony Robbins and if something's humanly possible, then, then why not you? And it, it was a different level of chat. And, and, and looking at the people who were further down the path I wanted to travel, because up until that point within my limited network, the advice I was taking was from people that I didn't particularly want to aspire to. So looking at the common denominators of the people that I was being introduced to, that and when I say successful, I don't necessarily just mean in terms of money in the bank, but just, just happiness or health or fitness. Um, success leaves clues. And, and, and they were all kind of on this personal development bandwagon. So I started thinking, well, okay, I need to perhaps open my mind a little bit more to this stuff. But of course, it's not just rainbows and unicorns. And I did something that was really stupid. Um, I was at a, a Grand Cardone 10X event, which was phenomenal. This was um, 2018. And uh, at one point, he started talking around mental health and how the, we're in a, a culture now where we paper over the cracks and we go and we get medication, but how much accountability... And, and I'm, by the way, I'm no doctor and I'm not saying everyone needs to come off their medication because there's there's lots of nuances and variations and things like that. But I think, by and large, we're in a culture where you go to your doctor, there's no test for serotonin, you're struggling, and there's very little um, sort of guidance, certainly in my own personal experience, around your nutrition or your health or what what are you putting in your mind? You're just watching shit like EastEnders and love, oh, say Love Island, I love, love Island. That, that's a whole different story. But, but what are you empowering yourself with? What are you What are you feeding your brain? There was no talk around that. It was just a case of, yeah, there you go. There's your medication. If that doesn't work, come back and we'll tweak it. We'll, we'll try some more. And I was listening to Grant talk and I thought, yeah, that's me. I'm not taking any responsibility for my own actions. You know, if I'm looking in that accountability mirror, I'm happy with what I see. And the answer to that was no. So I asked myself the question, who do I need to become in order to become that person? And part of that process was to come off of my medication. But what I did and what I absolutely would advise everyone not to do as I, I came off it cold turkey, clean break, I thought, right, with the right mindset, I can overcome everything. And that's fine when you're at the event and everyone's doing Mexican waves and stuff like that. But the reality was very, very different. I came off the medication and 
I mean, I was I was suicidal. There's there's no other word for it. Um, if I didn't have the children, if I didn't have Mark, I, I would have definitely made a, a very different decision. So whilst I never actually went as far as to attempt suicide, my, my thoughts were um, consumed. That 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 was. Uh, I certainly felt like it was too difficult to to kind of be alive, but. I've always kind of had a bit of an inner grit and a bit of a determination. And you said something there about a slow, gradual change. Well, that is probably more accurate to my reality because at that point, the days where I got out of success, I got out of bed, that was success. So, you know, success means different things to different people. But the key was getting out of bed. And there were some days I didn't get out of bed, but the key was getting out of bed and putting one foot in front of the other. Um, even if it was just baby steps, it wasn't just quantum leaps. It's easy to look back over three years and it seems like we've achieved a lot, but it didn't particularly seem like that at the time. And even on those days, I would set myself just one task and that might just be just do one post on LinkedIn, just one post. And that might be the entirety of what I was doing for the entire day. But he just kept things ticking over, ticking over. And, you know, I, I kept just making tweaks to my lifestyle, to my, to my diet. And I'm no guru, by the way. I'm constantly, you know, I'm a lifelong student. I'm constantly trying different things, exploring spirituality, exercise, cold water immersion, meditation, whatever it might be. And, and not everything sticks, by the way. But it's, it's, it, I think you've got to be able to... And to at least ask the questions, you need to be asking the questions and willing to learn in order to be open to receiving the answers. Yeah. Wow. That's incredible, Ellie. Honestly, this is so like powerful um, listening to you talk because one, you're speaking really candidly and I really appreciate that, um, you know, because you are a straight talker, but still this stuff isn't always easy to be so, so open about. So no, a massive, massive thank you for that. But also I think the the other, there's so much what you've said um, in here around you know, being open-minded and trying new stuff. And it might not all be the right thing, but even if just 10% or 1% of something kind of resonates, well, then that's a good day, isn't it? You know, you've moved forward in some shape or form. And I think those incremental gains are often um, underplayed um, in all of our lives. And, you know, it's great to, you know, crack open the champagne when we do a big deal or something like that. But actually, it's the little wins along the way that are more meaningful and probably get you further, actually, in the long run. It's so true, Jeanette. And, and, and the other thing is, and, and, and this is a bit of a cliche and it's overused, but the reason it's overused is because is it's kind of true. Um, it, it's enjoying the journey because so many of us, not just entrepreneurs, but I think in general, we're always pinning our happiness to a certain event or when this happens, or if I make this much money, that will buy me this amount of freedom and then I'll be able to get my time back with the kids. Or if I can just overcome this, or once that's blocked off, then that, you know, I'm guilty of it myself. It, It really, for me, is about my lifelong commitment to myself because it, it, it's like the gym you know if, if you go and you get into decent shape that's brilliant but if you stop going you soon lose it and we don't always practice what we preach and I, I, I'm the first one to say I, I fall off the bandwagon with this stuff but for me success is, is this again it, it does sound a little bit woo woo but it's that inner peace it's being able to enjoy the process and the journey and, and when you're when you're in that energy that is when the opportunities happen. It's crazy. I can give you so many examples of times where I've taken a step back from the rat race, from the mayhem to really just 
appreciate what I've already got, you know, in terms of my, my, my family and, and things that are really important to me. And that's when the opportunities come. And it, it, I know that there's no science behind that. I know that you can't put that in a business plan. But the more content you are and the more in your, your own state of genius, the more opportunities will come to you. Yeah, I 100% agree. You know, I definitely agree that if you raise your vibration or whatever, however you define it, you know, amazing things just seem to get, you attract people into your life or opportunities. And part of that is, I suppose, having your your radar, your antennae up and and, and sort of aware. But yeah, you're right, inner peace, because um, then you're much calmer, aren't you, as well, when, when things come your way, equally, whether that's a challenge or an opportunity. You know, I think you can be like, look at it with sort of a bit more of a calmer view. Um, and and just just come into to the kind of the whole kind of family life, Ellie, as well, because you know you've got multiple businesses, property is one of them, but you've got other things going on. You've got the podcast, you're a working mum, you've got your relationship with Mark. So so in terms of sort of being a working mum through all of this, one the mental health challenges and how that played out as a family, but then two probably the second question which we'll come to is how do you well one can you get the elusive balance? Does it actually exist? I'm not sure it does. Um, but, you know, how does it play out for you as, as a strong working mum, really? So, yeah, dealing with the mental health and the, and the kids at the time when, when it was tough for you. And then we'll come on to sort of where you are now as a, as a strong working mum. Yeah, I mean, I'm so blessed with, um, with the partner that I've got because Mark, my husband, is arguably the best human on the planet you know I, I I might be a bit biased but he's the best husband he's the best dad and um, his life is is just dedicated to giving us everything that we need and I think more than anyone in my life he he really grasps I mean people talk about facing the fear and doing it anyway and things like that but he knew at that point for me how difficult it was to to kind of just just get out of bed and on the days where my mental health was absolutely on the floor, he he picked up the slack. That's the reality. It was it was a real team effort. And I suppose, yeah, I, I don't actually, I, I talk about the depression and things. I very rarely talk to people about the, the suicidal feelings. But I, I would like to just make a point on that because... For people who've never experienced mental health, there's there's a there's, there's like a, a misconception that if you're a parent and you kill yourself or you feel suicidal, that somehow you don't love your children or you're almost being a bit selfish. But when you're in that frame of mind, the thing that people are failing to grasp is you believe, you truly believe that your children would be better off without you. You think you're a negative influence in their life. So Mark had to really rebuild me because I, when I say I had no self-worth, the most important thing in, in my life will, will obviously always be my, my, my family, my children, Mark and the children. They're, they're my absolute everything. Uh, but, but I didn't feel um, like, like I wanted to even be around my own children. And the reality was it, it just took a lot of time of climatizing to being off my medication and just, again, putting one foot in front of the other. Um, it, it wasn't. It's a little bit like the wealth creation space, you know. I think everybody kind of wants the, the the magic bullet, the secret sauce, the the five step strategy. You know, get rich quick, whatever it is. And and it's kind of the same with the mental health. And the reality was, it's still an ongoing process. I, I don't think anyone that certainly no, no one that I've met, and I'm around a lot of high performance people, some you know multimillionaires, billionaires, people that, that 
are generally put up in a, a pedestal, and, and quite rightly so. But behind the scenes, they still have their own set of unique challenges. So I'm not coming at this as somebody that's got all their shit together. I'm constantly still playing about with things because the bigger that you get in terms of your business, the bigger your problems get. So when I look back at things that might have stressed us out six months ago, 12 months ago, you're kind of like, what, really? But the challenges that we're facing now are, you know, the, the, the 10 times bigger. And, and, and I've got no doubt that that's... That's going to continue. And for me, because of the nature of my job role, with job role, it seems strange calling it that when it's my own business, but what I basically do is the networking, I do the, the public speaking, uh, I tend to go to the in-person events. And it's all role reversal if you go back like 40, 50 years, because historically that would have been the man. So if anything, and Mark works full time. Don't get me wrong; he is, you know, very operational in our business. He's, he's, um, you know, he, he's doing phenomenal stuff. But he again is probably more the the mum role. You know, he does the school the school pickups quite often. Some podcasting or whatever else he does the collections. So yeah, I mean that that doesn't come without its challenges. I remember probably about 18 months ago, uh, when my little boy, he, he fell over and grazed his knee, um, which, you know, it's, it's no big drama, but he ran to Mark, not me. And that was just like, a, you know, as a mum, the guilt with that. But the reality was he was more present. And, and, and I am a present parent. It's not like I'm away every weekend or away for weeks at the time. But out of the two of us, he's definitely more present. Um, and, and, and that's a... That's still an ongoing balancing act. So to answer your question, does work-life balance exist? I don't think it does. Um, next week, for example, I've, I've been blessed with the phenomenal opportunity to speak on stage at Wembley with Ed Milet. Now, that, that's brilliant. I'm, I'm super proud of that. And, and it is by far the biggest speaking gig I've had. But that clashes with my little boy's first day at school. So I'm, I'm missing my little boy's first ever day at school. Um, so, yeah, have I got it all sussed out? No. There's times where I go all in with a business because you need to. You're going through a period of growth or you've got momentum. And I love what I do. It's not a job. It's who I am. But then there's other periods. And, and this is where you do start getting your financial freedom and your flexibility where I can just say, right, okay, it does take a bit of forward planning. It's not quite as, as cut and dry as this, but I'm, like, right, I'm just going to take three weeks off in the school holidays and focus on my children. And we are in a situation where we can kind of work remotely to the extent so we can go on maybe more holidays than the average person. So I, th I think it balances out, but yeah, the, it, it's not always in alignment. Yeah, yeah. And I think you make a really interesting point because I think a lot of it is about being fully present in the moment, you know, and, and, and balance, you know, for me, it's not, about 50-50 all of the time, you might be 100% on something at one particular time and then 100% on something else. And, you know, it's it's around being, I think, fully present in the moment of whatever you're doing. And, you know, we, Chris and I, we don't have kids, but equally, you know, as a partnership, as a, as a couple, you have to find time. And, you know, I remember endless times when I would be away 70% of the time, I could be away traveling and all sorts of with, with the job I had. And, but, you know, when I was home, I tried to be home. And when I was at work, I tried to be at work. And, and it's not that straightforward and easy. But I think otherwise, you know, very often, as and in particular as women, I think we always feel like, you know, guilty. Like, oh, when, when I'm at work, I'm guilty. I'm not with the family. When I'm with the family, I'm guilty not working. And, and guilt's a wasted emotion, isn't it? At the end of the day, it's, it doesn't really serve you very well. Um, so your perspective is really fascinating. And, and it's constant work in progress, right? 
Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You, you just get, you, this is life. This is business. It's, it, it's like a game. No sooner than you get this thing sorted and this thing falls off the cliff. And it, it's, it, it really doesn't stop. And that's why I say this is not for the faint hearted. You know, there'll be a lot of people that listen to this, you know, startup businesses or entrepreneurs. And this, this life is not for everyone, but, but not everyone also has to have the, the level of aspiration that we do. You know, there's some people get into property, which is my sector, and they might just want to do one or two buy to lets a year. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. So I, I suppose I'm I'm someone, if I'm being truly honest, that continually puts myself under pressure. And as soon as I steady the ship, because I take on so much, and it's almost like complete overwhelm, then you start to steady the ship and you work on yourself and systems and processes and you get a bit of clarity and you get all your ducks in a row. Then I get bored. So then I just go and chuck another couple of grenades in. And then I just start the process again. I'm like, oh my God, overwhelmed. And then I get clarity and upgrade the systems and processes. And again, maybe there's a better way of doing it, but it works for us, but definitely um, not without its challenges. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think the other thing is as well that I don't know how you how you find this, Ellie, or how you nav- navigate through this, but trying to not compare yourself to others um, because, you know, in particular with social media, because let's face it, you know, there's a lot out there and half of it is like you know a sort of uh, I guess a polished version of people's lives let's put it that way and the reality can be very different as we're talking about now but do you find sometimes that you know there's a tendency to think oh my god so and so's doing that maybe I should be doing that or 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 are you quite good at being able to say no we're on our own path I'm really comfortable with what we're doing and try and avoid that curse of comparing yourself to others I'd say I'm better at it now. Um, I, I, I'm a lot better. I'm a true believer. You can only uh, climb one mountain at a time. Uh, but that, that wasn't, I mean, I'm, I am your classic shiny object syndrome. I am that person that goes to um, uh, an event or a seminar and I've got my credit card out before they've even started speaking. You know, I'm, I'm just a sucker for these things. And, and it's very easy, like you say, especially with social media, to look at what other people are doing and see how much money they're making. If, if, you know, their figures are true and think, oh, I want a piece of that. But I, I do find that social media can be very one-dimensional. And we, and I, I know a lot of great people who share their numbers on social media with regards to property transactions. So I'm absolutely not bashing that, but we made a decision not to do that. And there's a reason for it. Firstly, um, we work with fixed return investors. So they're very happy with the, um, the returns they're getting because they're significantly better than the bank. But they don't need to see how much money we're making off a property deal. Um, We we aren't delivering any sort of training or mentorship or coaching or anything like that. So I'm not trying to to do it to demonstrate to other people what what they can necessarily achieve. And, and, And yeah, just again, it's like people might see you making 100 or 200 grand or whatever in a property deal, but they might not see the fact that we're paying for two lots of premises, that we've got 16 staff to pay for. I've already invested 50 grand this year alone into my personal and professional development. And they might not see that the deal before that, the builder screwed us over and actually we end up losing two grand. You know, so I just think that um, I, I try to keep it as real as I can on social media. But I mean, to be fair, I think we all are guilty to an extent of playing the game because... If you were to go document every single challenge you had, I think my, my life would be more like Oprah than a uh, than the life of a property investor. You know, like the Jeremy Cow show. 
Oh, no, you're absolutely, no, you're absolutely right. It's just trying to get the balance, isn't it? But I think it is really, really, really healthy if you can have a real view of the world and, and kind of what other people are doing and kind of going, actually, okay, that's cool. I'm really happy for them, but I'm gonna we're going to focus on what, what's important to us because I think sometimes the kind of fear of comparison can can really kill kill your, your mojo, can't it, you know? Um, let's talk a little bit, Ellie, about the On A Mission podcast then because you're doing phenomenally well with your podcast and here we are on on uh, my podcast so we're fellow podcasters but talk about on a mission why you started it what the kind of you know what you're trying to achieve with it and what it's all about because I think it's such a brilliant content you're putting out there and I'd really love people to be um you know being aware of it and make sure they take a listen oh thank you Jeanette um it was a bit random how it all came about truth be told um it was during lockdown last year, like I mentioned, a big part of the job role that I do is getting about, out and about and meeting people. And because of, um, you know, my, my mental health, whatever you want to call it, it sounds a bit dramatic saying it like that, because I am somebody who's prone to depression. I do thrive on in-person energy. So we actually had a really great lockdown for the lockdown version one. I think we're on lockdown version a million two at the moment or potentially going into one or whatever, whatever we are in the world. But but anyway, I, um, I had an amazing time with the children. It was really nice to just regroup as a family and just to, to slow down. But after a while, I did feel like I was losing my identity a little bit. Um, I went from being sort of full-time business owner, entrepreneur to full-time mum. And it, it just felt like quite an extreme change you know and because of the nature of what we do mark was very much we had to turn the spare room into the office he you know he, he was up against it we had a lot of stuff going on and you know it's like crisis management during the first lockdown nobody knew what was happening so so my primary role was looking after the children which was great but off the back of that i decided to do some facebook interviews some live facebook interviews called the sunday series which was just a great way for me to network and to to start um started doing a bit of brand building, I suppose, although I didn't really think of it like that at the time. And it was a little bit of an epiphany on, on a few different reasons. So firstly, the, the response was just phenomenal. The amount of messages I got from people saying how much value that they got from it, it really shocked me, if I'm being honest. Perhaps it was a limiting belief on my part, but I, I was quite surprised at the impact that it had. And the other thing that was, it sounds so simple, but literally thousands and thousands of people were watching these interviews I thought, well, hang on, prior to lockdown, I would travel down to London to do public speaking and there might be 50 people in the room. I'm taking Kira, my marketing assistant with me, and she's taking photographs and filming or whatever else. We're typically getting an Airbnb or a hotel. You know, it might cost seven or 800 quid just going to speak in front of like 50 people. Now, granted, it doesn't always have to cost that much, but but the, the, it was just a bit of a, a reality check. I thought, hang on, I, I can be here from my own kitchen, sat with a glass of wine, which was the theme of the Sunday series, everyone had to have a glass of wine. And I can impact like 5,000 people in one interview rather than doing that. So, so that kind of got the cogs going. Um, and off the back of that, I reached out to our mutual friend and, and mentor, uh, Rob, Rob Moore, and asked him if he would uh, consider being a guest on my podcast. And much to my shock and amazement, he actually said yes. And he said, um, what, what's the name of your podcast? I said, well, I just thought, I'm just going to be honest, I said, I've not launched it, Rob. I said, I don't have a clue. Have you got any suggestions? <laughs> and he 
helped me come up with a name. And I thought, right, that's just classic me. I'm queen of procrastination. My back was against the wall. I had my first guest scheduled. And then... Uh, Again, it's, I think when you're in that right energy, you attract the opportunities. And I, I reached out to Ricky Hatton of all people because I never wanted it to be our property. I wanted it to be around successful people from all walks of life or people that had an interesting story or that overcome some sort of adversity. And um, again, Ricky Hatton said yes. And I was just thinking, bloody hell. And, and that was it then. And, and then when you've, you've already managed to secure a couple of guests, when you reach out to other guests, it just makes it so much easier. And the whole thing kind of starts to snowball. And I've kind of realised that the, the On A Mission podcast is because that is my mission. It is to raise the vibration. I want to genuinely impact as many people as I can and actually sitting around talking about the mental health or um, the, the, the things that we do to to try and become the best version of ourselves is, is when I'm in my real sort of, I don't know, comfort zone, I suppose. So yeah, that, that, that's kind of, that's kind of how it started. And it's um, just had some phenomenal success with it and connecting with people like yourself, Jeanette, you know, that, that's how I define success. It's relationships. Yeah, no, hundred percent. And you're right. You know, if you it's it's an amazing vehicle, isn't it, to have interesting conversations with cool people and to inspire and support. And I think we're very aligned with our kind of reasons for for podcasting in in that sense. So no, that's brilliant. And how many episodes are you in now, Ellie? Oh God, I think we're only about, I think, 30, um, 35, something like that. So it's a reasonably new podcast, but it's just been, you know, in terms of um, the networking, it's I always talk about fishing in a slightly different pond and, and thinking outside the box. And this is the ultimate networking, isn't it? Because like I just recently, last, was it this week? This week, um, I've just interviewed Joe Foster, who's the founder of Reebok. And if I did just reached out to him on Instagram or what have you and said, Joe, can I pick your brain? Don't mind jumping on a Zoom and just hearing your story about Reebok. Like that's not going to wash with people. So it's just an opportunity to chat to people that you would never get to speak to in a million years. So yeah. yes, it's great to add value and to raise the vibration. But I tell you what, in terms of my own development, I mean, what would you pay for, for an hour's consult with some of these people? You'd be paying probably thousands of pounds. Yeah, yeah, absolutely spot on. No, it's brilliant. Oh, massive congratulations, Ellie. You're doing phenomenally well with it. So, yeah, it's exciting. Really cool. Excellent. So, God, we've covered loads, actually. We're not talking so much about the about the, about the the property side of stuff, although we started there, but actually your stories are so much more than that. And, um, you know, I guess if you think about your, your kind of... I suppose your your life so far, and my podcast is called Brave, Bold, Brilliant, as you know, um, and I'm going to come to a final question later about what that means to you. But hold that thought for now. If you think about sort of all the things you've been through in your life, the successes, the challenges, et cetera, can you, is there a moment that stands out that sort of you'd think, yeah, actually, I was really brave. That that took balls and guts to do, to make that move or to, to make that decision. Is there anything that jumps out at you? There's been loads, but probably one of the more recent ones was going to do the property training because this isn't bullshit, Jeanette. I, I was having panic attacks on an almost daily basis. And I remember less than 48 hours before we set off for Scotland, lying in the fetal position, like in floods of tears, screaming at Mark, I can't do this, I can't do this anymore. We just had some bad news and it just, you know, it was like the compound effect. We just seemed to be getting bad news after bad news, crisis after crisis. And 
to actually physically walk through those doors, that was me being pretty brave. And, and I remember one of the things that they, they get you to do to cut it, stretch your comfort zone was like a little 30 second elevator pitch. And I think at that point there was only 16 people in the room and I got the tap on the shoulder to go up. And it was like the most traumatic thing that, that could have ever happened to me. But I am a great believer in facing the fear and doing it anyway. And the reason I do share the vulnerabilities, probably overshare, is just to show people that, you know, we're, we're, we're all human. This was only three years ago. It's not a long time to turn your life around. Um, and I'm a testament to that. Yeah, no, amazing. Gosh, that's incredible. And um, what would Mark say about you? Well, how would Mark describe his lovely wife? Well, yeah, he he, he said, um, and, and, and these aren't my words, these are his words. He says I'm the most inspiring person he's ever met, which coming from him means everything because I just think that I'm a complete basket case. You know, I, I don't see myself as in that way, but he sees the challenges, not just historical challenges. He sees the challenges that we're dealing with now, continually dealing with. And I think he knows how challenging I find things. And it's just that relentless pursuit, not of success, but of, 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 of I don't know if mastery is the right word. Do we ever master ourselves? But that re relentless pursuit of not giving in and being the best version of myself is, is what he finds inspiring. Oh, well, you sound like you're an amazing team together, I have to say. And um, yeah, I, I can't wait to meet Mark one day. That'll be really yeah. cool. <laughs> Fantastic. So, Ellie, can you think of the best piece of advice that you've been given or the best piece of advice that springs to mind today? Because I'm sure you've had lots. <sighs> yeah, something I'm, I mean, I, and I bang on about this one a lot, Jeanette. So on day one of the property trading, one of my mentors, still a very good friend of mine now, he said, you're a marketer first and everything else second, regardless of your sector. And, and that is definitely one of the things I attribute to the success we've had to date, because that's those words are what empowered me to start putting myself out on LinkedIn when I had no self-worth, no self-confidence. We didn't have a track record, um, but we still managed to raise hundreds of thousands of pounds in finance before we'd even picked up the keys to our first property. So one thing I'd share with the listeners is um, this isn't exclusive to, to, to property my sector. We've all heard the saying, it's not what you know, it's who you know. But if you take that one step further, really it's, it's who knows you. Because in simplistic terms, the more people who know who you are, the more opportunities you create for people to do business with you. Yeah, no, that's actually, that's, that's a really great piece of advice. And that's something that I actually... Um, don't think anyone else has ever said that, you know, so yes, yeah, very unique piece of advice, but yeah, it's great. It's a great way of thinking of it, isn't it? And I guess we're all, we're always selling, aren't we? Even if you don't think you're a salesperson, you're always selling, you know, you're selling yourself, your credibility, you know, your values as a good friend or whatever it might be, you know, and uh, I think, uh, yeah, actually that's a really, really brilliant advice. Gosh, I'm going to start applying that myself. <laughs> I'm inspired. Um, no, that's great. <laughs> and can you think of any advice that maybe you took in the past that you didn't work out and you wish you hadn't taken or some advice that you chose not to take and you're glad, you're really glad you didn't? Ooh. Mm. Well, when, when, I got a pro when I got into property um, the second time round, my youngest, Sam, was five months old, Isabella was one year old and Sienna was, I think, four. So three kids under the age of five. And um, 
yeah, I had a lot of people, some well-intentioned, others maybe not so much, that were, uh, were basically challenging that and telling me I had uh, comments like, um, you've got plenty of time for that when the kids are older and, you know, my, my, my sort of... My mothering skills were perhaps called into question. And uh, yeah, ultimately it, it did knock me, but I refused to be um, judged by the limitations of others. And I knew why I was going down this path. And ultimately it's it's to, to provide my family for the best life that I can. So I'm very glad that I didn't listen to that advice. Yeah, fantastic. And you know what, Ellie, you seem really clear on what you want to achieve, you know, your purpose, your reason why, what's important in your life. And I think that's that's incredible because there's so many people that don't really know their reason why or their purpose. And and it sounds like you've you've absolutely got that nailed. I'm sure it's changing and evolving. But um, yeah, you know what you want, don't you? You're a woman that's on a mission that knows what she wants in life, right? Thank you. <laughs> So, fine. Well, actually, not the final question. I'm going to do one before the final question. So, Ellie, where can people find you? Where's the best place to hook up with you? Because I'm sure loads of people are going to want to track you down. Oh, thank you. Um, I'm, I'm everywhere, literally. I'm quite, I'm quite omnipresent at the moment. Um, LinkedIn, Insta, Facebook, YouTube, um, On The Mission podcast, and um, yeah, the Power of Property podcast as well. So not difficult to find. Excellent. No, that's really cool. That's really great. And then um, my final question then, Ellie, what does brave, bold, brilliant mean to you? I think it's about striving to become the best version of yourself. And let's, let, let's just bear in mind as well that growth doesn't come from comfort. You know, you've got to cause a bit of friction. Be visible, be valuable and, and really just be yourself. Oh, fantastic. Oh, Ellie, honestly, I, I could have chatted for probably another hour or two hours. Next time we'll have to do a follow-up where yeah. we maybe with alcohol involved, maybe have a glass oh. of wine the next one. We're talking. <laughs> now we're talking. <laughs> but honestly, it's been a, such a pleasure chatting and I really, really appreciate you taking the time to come on. And you are most definitely brave, bold and brilliant, I have to say. Oh, thank you, today. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, we'll see you soon. Bye. Bye. I really hope you've enjoyed Brave, Bold, Brilliant. Don't forget to subscribe and share with all your friends. And if you've enjoyed listening, I'd love it if you'd leave me a five-star review.